disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected woman, a person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Hey sis, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. So, New York Fashion Week is upon us and it is February. So, we are going to get into some black fashion talk. I normally don't use this platform to like talk about shows or like give show reviews. That's something I would normally just hop on my personal Instagram and, you know, give y'all one of my rants about because... I be feeling it so deep in my spirit. I be needing y'all to see my face. <laughs> but this particular issue, um, a lot of good conversation came up about it um, on Twitter. And like I said, Fashion Week is upon us. It's February. So it just seems like an apropos time to discuss representation in that industry. Um, so... The show I was watching was Next in Fashion on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, give it a look-see. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. There was some amazing talent and diverse talent, which I really enjoyed. And I and the biggest thing that I got from that show was just that um, when you're really talented, you really don't need to, you don't need to hate on anybody. You don't need to. Like, it doesn't hurt you to help somebody else because your talent is still your talent. Like, it ain't going nowhere. So, I really just, the show is just dope. And check it out if you get a chance. Now, two of the contestants on the show are Farai and Kiki. Kiki is like the godmother of urban streetwear, right? She, like, helped build out the FUBU line. She helped build out the Rockerwear line. Like, all of those are big, um... Us streetwear lines that really blew up way back in the day. She was like at the forefront of that. Um, and the girl Farai is her started out as her mentee. It seems um, started working under her and they developed this really close friendship. They're like family now and they, you know, and they're partnered on this show. So they work as a team. Um, the show starts out with teams. When they get to the streetwear um, category, obviously everybody's looking to see what Kiki's going to do, right? Because that's what she's known for. Um, and, I mean, you can't be, like, known as the godmother of something and, and not expect people to look at you. So, definitely there was a lot of pressure on their team to produce, right? Um, and they fell short of the mark. So, before they got there, though, because I, I want to say that's like, I don't know, five five categories in, they were at the bottom a lot. They were at the bottom a lot. They had been, prior to that show, actually, I think that was the fourth show, because that was the third time they were at the bottom. And at that point, they had only not been at the bottom once. And they used a lot of fabrics um, and prints that, Definitely that I like because I am someone who wears, I wear a lot of colors, I wear loud colors, I wear a lot of print. Um, you know, my my palette is super eclectic. Some days I'm, you know, Barry Wall Street and, and other days I am 
super urban or super boho chic. Like my style is just very unique to me. Um, so I have a palette for a little more than maybe some other people do, um, or an appetite for more than some people do. The problem I found with some of the things that they made was that the construction really, I thought the shit looked cheap. I'm not going to hold you. Now, we all know this is not a space where I'm, you know, we're not going to be bashing our sisters. Um, but as far as the competition goes, not only did I, I think their stuff did not, was not up to par as a standalone, but, and then, you know, in comparison to a lot of their cohorts, it made it that much more obvious that the construction really wasn't that great. Now, this is not to say that this is not good construction, because I assure you, this is not construction that I can mimic. I have not cracked the sing, I have not touched the singer in eons, okay? So, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not out here acting like I could whip you up an outfit in a day or two, because I cannot. I literally have not touched a sewing machine in umpteen years. So, this is not to take away from their talent. But this is just to say that their talent was not up to par. It definitely wasn't what I was expecting um, for how this show was introduced to me. And it consistently fell short of the mark. So we get to this episode where it's now streetwear and the streetwear isn't good. It really isn't good. And it isn't good for a lot of reasons, um, which I'll get into. But one of the guest judges, Kirby Jean Raymond, or it might be Jean Raymond. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. Um, a, a brother who's on there. Um, the other black judge was um, a stylist. I don't, his name eludes me right now, which is crazy because he was on the show more than Kirby. But obviously, Kirby is who stood out to me. And you'll know why shortly. Um, so when they're deliberating and it's time to talk about who is going to leave, um, Kirby is, he's riding for our sisters. He's like, nah, they're not going. I didn't think that their work was, I didn't think their work was bad. Like I understood their interpretation of streetwear and no, I'm not voting for them to be gone. And so the vote ended up being split, um, two for them and, and two against them. Um, and so the other black guy was saying, he was like, yeah, this really missed the mark. This is not, you know, this is not streetwear of 20, you know, 2019, 2020. This may have been streetwear, you know, way back when Kiki was it, but this is not it now. And then, you know, so they they both just kept going back and, and exchanging dialogue on, on the fact that, you know, Kirby's point was that, you know, I'm a black man from it from an urban setting, you know, I do urban streetwear. I understand her interpretation just because you don't understand her interpretation of streetwear doesn't make it bad, which I thought was an excellent point because that's the whole concept of this industry, right? The whole concept of the fashion industry is that conformity is fucking boring. The whole concept of fashion is to think out of the box. The whole concept of fashion is pushing the envelope. And so... You know, the appeal may not be for you, but it might be an interpretation that someone else does understand and someone else does receive. So I thought that was a really good call out on his part. And I will tell you, I did not particularly care for this piece. I didn't care for it in construction. I didn't care for 
the palette choice. I just didn't think that this was streetwear for this era at all. Honestly, I didn't think it was, I mean, I didn't think it was streetwear at all. So it just, it wasn't a look for me um, in any era. I, I just, it didn't slap. <laughs> like it did not slap for me at all. I did. I just thought that there were better choices that could have been made. And I feel like those choices could have been made if um, Farai's voice was heard, right? So that was the other element of, of this show and the other element of us in the industry that's important. Kiki's been Farai's um, mentor for so long that it might be time for her to branch out on her own, right? Um, because sometimes you get in a space with someone you look up to where you kind of let them dictate your narrative. And I think that had became apparent in the episode prior because they had asked her, I think it was the episode prior. Uh, it was either the episode prior or that episode, but they had asked her, um, no, it was definitely prior. They asked her, do you feel like um, the fact that you worked with her for so long, you know, is like kind of a good thing or a bad thing? They were really clever not to, frame it negatively and just to leave it open-ended but I very loudly heard what the hell they were asking and what they were asking her was sis do you feel like you have a voice working with somebody that you look up to and she went to this whole emotional ass story about how they've been you know friends for so long this woman has really you know become a part of her family and that shit is all good and well but this is a motherfucking competition and the point is to win this money to build up your brand to get your, your brand out there. And you have really not positioned yourself to win. So when they get to the streetwear competition, Farai is trying to express these different innovative ways that she wants to do things. And Kiki's response to everything is, no, no, that's not how it's going to be done. Um, I think I know. No, people are going to be looking to me. No, you know what? It got to the point that Farai got so agitated. Sis was just like, you know what? You do it. Because I'm about to cuss your ass out type of shit. And I felt her. I felt her. And I feel like, you know, and this happens in every industry. Um, if, when you don't want to offend somebody who has really done a lot for you, um, you tend to just kind of like fall back and let them have their way. But you've got to be really cognizant of how that's affecting you and affecting your growth and affecting your opportunities and affecting your business. And I feel like for those of us who are, you know, now the mentors who have experienced this, we really have an obligation as mentors to be sure that what we're doing is guiding and not dictating, right? We don't want to govern anyone's vision. We definitely don't, we don't want to be so laissez-faire about mentorship that we let, you know, we let the people we're mentoring roam into the, the depths of hell. But you also don't want to be so tightly wrapped around them that they're not able to grow and they're not able to express themselves and they're not able to move forward. And that uh, we saw that in that show with an, another, another um, designer, but, you know, just to stay on for Ryan Kiki, the conversations that developed on Twitter, which I thought were really interesting was the fact that a lot of the Asian um, fashion that was presented on Next in Fashion was widely received. Widely received. Like whenever they brought their 
their traditions, their customs, things that were needed to them um, into play in the fashion was very easily accepted. Whereas when Farai and Kiki brought in, you know, prints that were very heavy, um, African and Afrocentric and just looks that, you know, screamed, I am black and I am proud that it wasn't as well received. And, um, you know, the critiques were just, they were very different. And so a lot of people were just saying, this is the problem, you know, this is the norm when it's, you know, when it's Asian or other cultures, it very easily is accepted. But when it's us, you know, it's problematic. And I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I, I thought that that was, I thought that that was very true. Um, one of the young women who I was participating in this conversation with, she is African-American and she lives in Korea, Korea, excuse me, Korea. <laughs> she lives in Korea. And she was saying that in her time living there, I think she said she'd been there like two or three years that she notices, um, European, like basically Western European beauty is what's pushed in Asia. Um, or at least where she's at in Asia that she's noticed, you know, the billboards, the advertisements, it's always a very Western Euro look that is pushed. So it didn't ring strange to her that the, that, that the Asian fashion was, you know, much more easily assimilated and accepted into, you know, the Western standard, the Western European standard, whereas ours obviously is, is, is completely different. Um, so that was an interesting point, one that I obviously would not know because I don't live there, but I felt like we all needed to be honest and, and say that, you know, the situation is a dichotomy because those things are all true and they still did a bad job at that outfit. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to be able to be open and honest with each other as a demographic. If we really want to push the needle forward, it can't be that every time somebody doesn't, somebody in house doesn't like our stuff that they're hating, you know, because that became another part of the narrative. They were saying that the other black guy, the stylist who did not stick up for them, did not go to bat for them, that he was a hater. I don't think that he was a hater. I, I, and let me tell you, I didn't agree with all of his opinions throughout the course of the show, but I didn't think that he was, a, I didn't think that he was being a hater because I agreed with some of his points. Also, I also didn't think it was an up-to-date uh, take on streetwear. I didn't think that the palette was one, it wasn't one that I would have used for streetwear. So I agreed with his points of view. Also, he had some valid points. And I think we have to get out of this space where every time a black person doesn't agree with another black person that we're hating because that's also not true we also need to critique each other to to really push each other forward i i think the thing at least in my circle of friends that i can say about a lot of us that are african-american that are west indian and um that are of latino descent or latina descent um a lot of us that are very successful we come from really, really, really candid families. <laughs> Let me put it like that. You know, so the outside world really can't phase us because we're used to hard critiques in-house. 
And there's a benefit to that that often goes overlooked, especially in this super sensitive ass climate that we live in. There's such a benefit to getting tough critiques. And obviously there's a difference between tough critique and somebody who just riding your ass for no purpose at all. There's a benefit to getting tough critiques in house, not only just because it, it helps you toughen up your skin, but also because it forces you to really always try to like knock, knock the critique out before it happens. Right. So you're always trying to step it up before it even gets to that relative in your family that, you know, always got something to say, because the goal is always to shut that motherfucker up. Like I'm going to shut her ass up before she even say anything. I'm about to knock this shit out the box. Right. And so there's a benefit to that. And we need to figure out a way to translate that into our professional spaces, especially spaces where we're super underrepresented and, and our voices are habitually um, shushed like the fashion industry. You know, as I, I encourage and I implore my friends who are in the fashion industry you know, as you become mentors, be honest, you know, be, be blunt, be candid, push people, you know, push people to, to really do what they say they want to do. Like you want to be this amazing designer. All right, well, I'm gonna hold your ass accountable. This shit is regular. This shit is basic. This could be better. This could be that. And I feel like if we did more of that in house without being, without the fear of being labeled a hater, we actually really could be moving our own needle forward and, and pushing our own doll forward because iron sharpens iron. That's just how it works. If, if every time I have a, a disagreement with something you've done and I am in a space to help you move your needle forward, but I, I, you know, I don't want to deal with the backlash of being called a hater. So I don't, you know, I don't call it out and I just leave you be. How did I help? How did I help you? Because I, I'm in the space where I know that this maybe isn't marketable. Maybe it is a valid interpretation, but right now that's not a marketable look. And I know that because I work on this side of fashion. And if I don't tell you that because I don't want to be labeled a hater, how did I help you move your brand forward? How did I help you get your brand to market? It's not helpful. It's not helpful. So we have to stop creating these dynamics and these spaces Whereas black people, we can't be honest with one each other, one another, excuse me, and just say, hey, sis, that ain't the best piece of work. Now, I, I, listen, I, I see you got a vision, but that's not it. You know, maybe try this. Maybe try that. Conversely, we've got to be open to receiving that. Um, I found it interesting that Kiki said to Farai at the, you know, at the beginning of this challenge, you know, don't don't take things personally and, and don't be married to an idea. And then 10 fucking minutes later, turned around and was like, well, this is very personal for me. Okay, sis, that's exactly where you lost it. Where you made it personal is where you lost it because it became about her and not about her audience, not about her client, not about whoever might want to buy it, right? It did not become about the greater brand that she's trying to produce. It became about her reputation, her ego, and, you know, the fact that she's known for this and how are people looking at her as she approaches this challenge. And because of that, she was really, really um, critical of, of Farai and really drowned out her voice. Now, Farai was doing a really, really dope, like, ruching on, on this design 
again, I while I still did not care for the the color palette, I thought the ruching was so dope. The ruching was coming out kind of fire. I'm not even gonna hold you. And um it was starting to look kind of like I don't know, like a wave or I can't even describe it, but it was starting to come out kind of dope. And I was like, okay, well, this might be like a really interesting little pop to the piece. I was getting really excited and looking forward to seeing it. And then Kiki came and was like, no, no, no. What are you doing? No, no, no. And then that very interesting piece of the ensemble was gone. And then what they sent down the runway Honestly, they could have kept that shit. <laughs> I did not care for it at all. Um, but um, I, I definitely wanted to take the opportunity to use my platform at this particular time to, one, really give Kirby the hugest shout out because Kirby rode. He went all the way up for those black women. I mean, that man stormed off the set like I'm out. Fuck that and fuck this. And I loved it. I loved it for a myriad of reasons. Um, the main one being that the world loves to try to convince us that black men don't don't love black women, don't care about black women, and don't ride for black women. And he proved that to be the exact opposite because he went all the way up. I loved it because he stood by his own opinion. Um of the fact that that is an interpretation of streetwear, one that he understands, you know, and just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not an interpretation of it. I loved it because Kirby called out a major fashion house when he announced that Louis Vuitton steals his shit. I loved it. I loved it. He was so damn bold, audacious, and unapologetically black, and I loved that shit. Um, the other, and, and then the other really dope or I don't, maybe not dope, but the other really important thing that I think stood out in, in this particular episode of what I have now dubbed Blacks in Fashion <laughs> is that it's so important to be true to your voice. You know, it's like that scene in The Matrix when the little boy tells Neo, there is no spoon. Don't let people box you in. Like, you are really limited to whatever your mind limits, your, limits you to. Anything that you think, you can make that shit happen. You can manifest it with the effort, the time, the diligence, the perseverance. You can make these things happen. Now, I'm not saying you can bend the spoon with your mind, slow your roll. What I'm saying is that that's such a powerful scene. And, and that scene popped into my head as I was watching Farai lose her voice. And as I was watching Farai and Kiki as a team being told that their interpretation and that their voice, that their rendition of something isn't valid. Yo, that's bullshit. There is no spoon, yo. It's whatever you say, especially in creative spaces, especially in creative industries. So don't be boxed in. Don't lose your voice. Don't lose your voice in anything. Honestly, your voice is your superpower. It is the one thing that no one else has. No one can mimic it. It's all you. And you've got to be true to that because the minute you lose yourself, it's gone. It's gone. And it doesn't do you any services. And then finally, um, it's just really important that 
as you become a mentor that you encourage the confidence in their voice and encourage the confidence and be truthful. Don't govern, guide. Give people an opportunity to make some mistakes. Just don't let them fall into the pits of hell. Look at what they're doing. Try to understand their, their voice, how they're trying to present their voice and maybe better help them navigate their voice. But don't muffle their voice. That there's, We don't get anything from that, you know? Well, we'd all still be wearing the same shit from 1960 if, if every new talent's voice was muffled. And so as we are gearing up hot and heavy for New York Fashion Week, um, especially those fashion shows that are not necessarily um, under the tents, you know, those smaller fashion shows, those smaller pop-ups um, for emerging designers. Yo, get out there. Um, celebrate them, encourage them, check out all the new stuff that's happening, all the new trends, you know, be mindful that the fashion industry is not just the clothing, you know, check out the hair. Super shout out to my ace, Naima. I'm so proud of you. Um, I, it's just amazing the representation that you provide for so many women. Honestly, seeing how much feedback um, women were giving you for keying um, multiple, um, fashion week shows, like under the tent shows is what prompted me to put this episode out earlier than I planned. Um, because the representation really matters that much and seeing the kind of effect that you're having on women. I just, I, I'm super proud of you. I think it's so dope. And I understand I'm here for it. I love it. That being said, you know, as I encourage you all to get out to, you know, the Fashion Week events you can attend. Like I said, everything is under the tent. Check out new and emerging artists. Check out new and emerging um, fashion lines. But in the process, like, take heed to the hair and makeup. Take heed to the styling. Because a lot of fashion trends are rooted in that also. You know, fashion isn't just clothing. It's also the way you accessorize. It's also the hairstyles. It's also um, the makeup. And we all know that we are the origin of all shit dope. All shit dope. It's urban until Becky bite our whole fucking style. And then it's avant-garde. Bitch, you gonna be on guard if you, if you keep trying us like this. So, like, just check it out. You will be amazed to find how many of us are behind so many of the very great looks that... Um, that hit the runways and, and hit these pop-up events during fashion week. And so in closing, I hope that all of you are having amazing success in your various endeavors. Um, if you're not, I hope that you find a mentor that can help elevate and push your, your um, endeavors forward. And if you are a mentor, I hope that you are helping the next black woman, the next woman. I hope that you are helping the next, the next black man, the next man. I just hope that you're helping whoever you mentor um, push their endeavors forward also. I firmly believe that mentorship is a two-way street and mentors get just as much out of mentoring 
as mentees do. So anyway, until next time, be fabulous, be unapologetically you, and y'all have a good one.